What is up, Real Critics? It's Jose here, as always, and you're listening to Everyone's a Real Critic. This is the podcast where John Wolf and I take a look at movies that have divided critics and audiences. We'll give you the Real Critics thoughts on the movie. We'll break down some critic and audience reviews, and we'll wrap it all up with our real ranking. But remember that at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because everyone's a real critic. So, Let's get into it, John, my friend, my brother, my homie, my co-host. It's 2023, brother. How you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Excited to talk a movie with you. We haven't talked movies in a while. We did our uh, we did our twenty our real review of 2022. Uh, yeah, we took a little break episode. too. Yeah, we took a little break. We took a little break, much needed one. So if you haven't listened to our real review of 2022, get back there. Listen wherever you get your podcast. You know what I mean. Like you said, 2023, man. Have you have you been having a good year? Or... I mean, we're a couple of weeks in. It's been pretty good. Have you been clearly, having a good year? I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I can barely speak right now. I'm just so excited to talk. You know, that's a, that's problematic because this is an audio podcast. It is problematic that I I can't really speak yeah. right now. But I'm getting to it. I'm get I'm getting there, buddy. I'm getting there. I believe in you. It's gonna be great things. Uh, you know, if you haven't already. Follow us on the TikTok. We got new stuff going on there. Jose, you've been you've been posting some stuff on the TikToks. I've been trying. I've been yeah. trying, brother. You can it's follow tough. us. You can follow us on TikTok where you follow us everywhere at ERC Pod. As we mentioned, uh, we're everywhere you get your podcasts. And we also launched an audio line. So if you were listening to the real review and you want to let us know how it went, or if you want to give us feedback on what you think about this podcast, future podcast, you want to call in, be on the show, let us know what's on your mind. Give us a call, 407. Give us a call, the show line. 407-602-8405, right? Did I get it? No, that's not it. I, I tried to memorize it. It didn't go so well, did it? <laughs> that's that's not how it is. It's got to be close, right? 407. That's definitely it. 602, yeah, right? It's definitely 407. You're almost definitely there. 407. Definitely 602-8504. So I got I got there the go. uh, I think you had all of backwards. the bones. I had yeah. Everything was there. Yeah, the bones were there. Just, did you uh, notice that I didn't order. try to correct you because I didn't remember it either? You didn't? Because the last time we were talking, you said you you memorized it right off the bat. But we did say it a lot of the times in the last episode, I promise. Also forgot it right off the bat. Yeah, we're not gonna hit you uh over the head with that one. But uh yeah, let's get into movies but, for twenty twenty three. For, for just real quick, just yeah. let us know what were your favorite movies of 2022 on the show line. Yeah, listen to the last one. I want to hear what you liked or what you hated. What's really good? What's really bad? Yeah. Or what are you watching? What you watching right now? We're gonna tell you what we're watching in just a second. But let's let the people know what we're uh, gonna be reviewing this week. Today, we're gonna be talking the prequel to the Marriage Story, White Noise. Uh, which got a 63% from critics and a 32% from audience. It just snuck in 
um, in 2022 before we got to 2023. But before we hop into white noise, let's get into our favorite segment that we just talked about where we pitch to the people, movies and TV shows that are really good or really bad in what you're watching. been watching man anything good or bad see um or just okay been in a little bit of a been in a little bit of a funk recently really haven't really been watching too much stuff. what kind of funk like a Have james you? brown kind of funk or well, like, like a funky uh, funk like yeah like parliament sh- funkadelic kind of funk oh or like a blue cheese funk <laughs> yeah like a havarti cheese funk. yeah not nice too funky havarti. it's not too funky Havarti's can yeah. be good. They're not too. Funny. I like. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Havarti. Blue cheese can like be a white cheeses in general. You would. You yeah. would be a fan. I think of white that's cheese. the point. Yeah, I just yeah, call it yeah. cheese. We'll talk a little yeah. bit more about white cheese when we get into white noise. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. I don't. You know, just noise to me, just cheese to me. It's it's all the same. You know. Yeah, you don't see. You know. I'm yeah, a, you don't all see cheese here, matters. So color. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> My senses. <laughs> Sense it all the same. John, you know what I, I mean? I don't know. I haven't really, uh, I haven't really been watching too much, John. Really? You know, I. Uh, I mean, I don't blame you. I it did. is a bit of a content drought, though. Where it seems like we're kicking off the year. You would think shows would be excited to kick off the year as well, but that, uh, that's not the case. Well, we we do have a show kicking off today, the day that we're recording, that I am excited to get into, called oh. The Last of Us. Ah, yes, that is on my really good list. I watched it last night when it premiered. Do you want to give us a quick little sure, I can. free review of the first episode? Well, yeah, I can give you, I mean, if, I mean, it's already been spoiled, I guess. Like if you kind of, not by it's us. like a book, not by us, no. But if you played a game or whatever, or played the game, you kind of know what's going to happen. Kind of like if you read the book, but if you're someone that hasn't, cause there's a lot like, Hey, I didn't read the game of Thrones books. I was just in for the ride. Um, it's a lot of fun. Did you play the game? Did you play the game? I don't. I don't have a, a PlayStation. Never have. Uh, I thought about it when the PS5 came out, and I was really trying to win one. I was all about it, and I just couldn't get past the Robo Karens and just the, all of the other bots that were snatching them, up, snatching them up so quick. I followed every Twitter page. I followed every like major place that was selling them i did all the tricks and tips i, I did them i yeah. did it you were sending me links you were like here you go yeah because we were trying pretty hard to get a ps5 never uh, happened that was like two years ago yeah that was two years ago <laughs> never happened that was two I years understand. Ago and we still don't have a playstation 5 <laughs> kind of gave up on the pipe dream i mean i get now me that too. you can you can kind of get them but I just sort of gave up on it. Uh, I mean, I eventually really, I'll get we one. We waited but... two years, and it's like we're probably not missing out on too much. You know, it doesn't like, seem like it. It's not like when we were kids, where I was like, 
I need the next generation console immediately, you know? And, and it kind of, kind of like movies, there's just not really a lot of cool new ideas coming out of the gaming world. The last of us was a good one when it came out a long time ago, but I, I don't know enough to say a blanket statement like that, John. Because I feel like we're going to get some hate from the gamers. That's cool. Uh, if you uh, got some hate, like give that. us a call. There's a lot of like indie games out there, you know? There's, there's indie games, indie sure. gaming world, yeah. Sure, indie games, absolutely. But in, in terms of big titles, and I know a lot of people are anti-big title, but that's kind of what pays for all of your indie games. So uh, for the folks True. who are hating on me for that blanket statement. It's similar to movies. You know, similar like, to movies, baby. Yeah. yeah, you gotta have you gotta have the big ones to get the small ones and the good ones. But uh, there haven't been that many. It's it's like they play the hits every year. You know, it's like the five major games are gonna come out, and that's pretty much it. So anyway, that was a, a long winded story to say. A little bit tangent, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the lo- the Last of Us, great Pedro Pascal, amazing, um, as always, and. The first episode is an hour and 20 minutes, but boy, does it fly by. When it was done, I was hoping, I, I was just ready to keep watching. I could watch the show for five hours. Easy. That is very exciting. That's yeah. I, I, I thought it was going to be like a nice 45-minute episode or something. A buck 20, but baby. I'm stoked to hear that it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a buck 20. <laughs> Which is honestly probably what the movie we're watching today or talking about today should have been um should have been absolutely absolutely. the other uh really good that i've got uh been watching is the bad batch it's back baby better than ever um really excited to see where this season goes uh also really excited because this season so far you know a lot of the the animated star wars shows uh, and for those that um, aren't familiar, The Bad Batch is a Star Wars animated show where it takes this kind of misfit cast of clones that were thought to have been killed and they didn't. And they sort of create um, this this cool like group of rogue clones. It's like the A-team of clones. They've rebels. got a Rambo guy. The Rebels. They're, yeah, they're kind of they're rebels. Yeah, they got a Rambo one. They've got a super strong one. They've got a sniper one. They got a computer <laughs> one, and they yeah. they got a little. You got girl. your hacker. You got your big guns. You yeah, got, you got you everything, know, like, and you got yeah. the little girl who sniper. they're protecting, who has a sweet like uh, bow and arrow that never runs out of arrows, kind of thing. It's pretty awesome. So, anyway. This season, um, did we? I never finished. Never mind. We'll, uh, we'll talk about it on another time. I have questions about the Bad Batch. I should just finish season one. You should because it's really good. So, kind of towards mm-hmm. the end of season one, they get into more of a linear plot, and this season is picking up. And it seems like they're going to go just straight linear plot throughout, which is something that the animated shows don't usually do. It's like one-offs kind of mm-hmm. like adventure stories. Yeah. So and I'm, they're not even chronological sometimes, you know, sometimes. Yeah. So I'm really excited. So yeah. the season's been great so far. They have a little enemy going uh, for those that are watching. I don't want to spoil anything for you. So really good. Okay. Really good. All right. I have a really good as well. And, All right. Let's and, uh, hear it. So um, I watched the Godfather for i don't know the second or third time in my life and but i know this is a hot take john but here goes uh i just want to congratulate everyone involved in that film boy you guys should really be proud of yourselves 
I tell you that Frankie Coppola, he's really got an eye for the movies, John. That guy, yeah. that kid's going places. He's doing things, huh? There's, there's, I, and I don't, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I, and it might be too soon to say this, but I, I think we got our hit on a hit on our hands with this one. This, this might be, you know, one of the greatest of all time here. But you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself. If you haven't seen The Godfather, it's a must see. A, it's a relatable and optimistic tale of an immigrant family just trying to make it in America. It's a hopeful movie. Um, <laughs> not really. It's but it's the best. It's so fucking good. There is, I mean, I some elements you, of hope for sure. I guess. Yeah, you know, just about family ties and banding together and murdering all of your enemies. Yeah, pretty great. I gotta tell you, man, I <laughs> pretty great. Actually, <laughs> it really does hold up, though. I was like, I so I saw it in a theater, and I've never seen The Godfather on the big screen before. You know, I've always kind of I've watched it like at home, um, and I was fully expecting to be like bored by it on this time around because it is three hours long. But man, it is it is so damn good. You're bearing so the lead good. here, I feel like, on this really good is that you went and saw this in a theater. And a pretty cool one. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, I saw this in, like, a big theater with the... And it was packed. It was full. And I don't know what... When you watch a movie this good in a theater, like, you're sharing it with the crowd, it, it really, like... Not to beat a dead horse, but, like, the movie magic hits you, you know? Everybody claps when... uh you know, everybody claps when uh, when Fredo gets his comeuppance or something or or uh, when James Khan gets shot <laughs> by a bunch of Tommy guns or when they take the gun and leave the cannoli, you know, like the audience is invested in the story. And, and so are you as a result. And it, it's just fucking it was so good. It was great. I walked out of there with like a huge smile on my face and oh. It was beautiful. It's a fantastic I, movie. I wanted to make sure that Frankie Coppola was still alive. Uh, he is, which is good, which yeah. is good. So he still has time to to really make something of himself in this big Hollywood. And you, if they ever make a sequel of this movie. Yeah, you think it'll be good? <laughs> wow, I, I'm sure it'll be good. I think they should make one, maybe two of them. Two more? So a third one? But, but I say just, Frankie, why why stop now? Let's get a trilogy on our hands. Do you think the third one would be any good? Do you think they kind of lose steam after two? Maybe. Who's to say? Who's to we'll say? We'll have to yeah, wait and see. Right. Who's to say? You know, I've, I've <laughs> actually only seen The Godfather once. Maybe I need to go uh -huh. back and watch again. Because it's kind of what you said. I'm always kind of frightened. The reason I've never really turned it on at when I'm, oh, I want to watch a movie or whatever, and is because is it's so long. It's it can kind of be a barrier for me to want to get into it because it's so long. But hearing you say that you were locked in the whole time, maybe it's the theater, like being in a theater. It could is, be. Is, is, it could be. be it. I'd be curious to know if if I started again at home, how quick until I grab my phone. You know, I I was surprised because I don't I've only seen it a couple times prior to this, but I was surprised that I remembered so much of it while I was sitting there again. I was like, oh wow, these, all these scenes are pretty fucking iconic. You know, it was, it was, I was surprised at, at 
how it still blew me away. You know, you'd think that it's the joke. It's like, oh yeah, The Godfather. It's the best movie of all time, oh, or Citizen Kane, whatever. But um, well, after watching was, it recently, do you surprised. think it still is the best movie of all time? Honestly, it's it's a five star movie. It's a it's up there. It's I, up there. I don't really have anything bad to say about it. I'm gonna put all. you on the spot because we'll never be able to talk about it on this podcast. Would it be? A 100 on your real ranking. I do. Okay. I'm willing to say yes. Wow. Wow. I'm willing to say yes. Okay. Yeah. So the Godfather makes 100. And so we have Inception, Godfather. <laughs> no. uh, two 100s on this list. Do you have anything that was uh, re- really bad uh, over the last I do bit? have a rip. Okay. Let's I it. struggle to say. I struggle to categorize this movie as a really bad, um, but honestly, like I watched it and it was, it was, it's more of a just fine, really. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. Really? It's fine. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, okay. I wanted to put it here though, because I think I was expecting a little bit more out of this film. I haven't even said what it is yet. It's, it's a strange <laughs> world. Strange world. Is that a uh, movie? Strange world. That's yeah. the uh, animated Disney one. Disney movie, yeah, okay. the animated Disney movie. It just felt like, like if you told an AI to watch a bunch of like the two thousands era Disney movies, and were like, write me a Disney movie and make sure there's like a diverse cast of kids and go ahead of uh, uh, people and go ahead and make it for me, you know, it felt like this. It felt like mm-hmm. this. There was nothing. It was just kind of. It was cute. It yeah. was fine. But not worth. It's not worth watching. I wouldn't tell someone like you got to go see Strange World. You, you, you should watch, watch The Godfather World. before you watch Strange World. A hundred percent. Okay. And if you have to pick between, if you're doing a marathon, just watch The Godfather twice. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that would mean you probably have to watch Strange World four times, five times, maybe six times, <laughs> yeah. maybe six yeah. times to make to make, to make that, up for The, the Godfather the, twice. Six hours. Yeah. Six hours of Strange World. Hey. You know, John, do you have... Sounds like a, a bad world. And this, excuse me for putting you on the spot here, but... Um, no, well, no. Do you I have you any other spot. movies that you would give a 100 to? Like, potential 100s. Oh, wow. Uh, potential 100s. I know it's hard to think about it, like, without having prepared, you know, but... Right, and, you know, it's also totally open to interpretation. What's 100 for me may not be 100 for other people. I also think that... When I well, like everybody knows that objectively, Inception isn't a one hundred, and you well, think it is, so. of course. But hey, at the end of the day, right? It doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> and, and everyone's a yeah, real critic. yeah. Everyone, everyone's a uh, is is a real critic. But I also think it's interesting because you know certain genres of movies I may rank like a one hundred, even though they may not necessarily be considered cinema art you know like i would say for me cinema super bad is probably up there it's in the 90s at least i think um i wouldn't argue with that i would say anchorman is also high 90s perhaps 100 for me um (laughs) um that's really funny i'm trying to i mean that was like uh that was like a big part of our shared childhood yeah man I, we used I to quote a lot of people constantly. i think that was just like a small everyone sort of in that time was all about anchorman 
you know what i mean um i would say for yeah. me the departed is uh is a 100 um actually i know it's a long movie um and i know that can be polarizing but for me it's it's, it's up though. there i think yeah, it has think twists so and good. turns it has it's sort of and i can see why they tried to do it again so they did the departed and then who knows 10 years maybe not 10 years but then the town came out which is very departed ish it's like departed adjacent have you seen the town yeah you know they, yeah, yeah, yeah. they like try and they try and bring the same magic back with that not not quite the same so i would say the departed is, is it the there. same people what do you mean like yeah it's been it the same i feel like it's yeah oh yeah, yeah. but it's not matt day there's no matt damon there's no matt damon in the town I don't think Matt Damon is in the town, but it, you know how they are. They like kind of, I think at that point they were still doing everything together. I see what you mean. You know what I mean? Um, man. So yeah, I, I, without like just droning on, I tried to filibuster for a little bit there. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I think I got there. <laughs> I think so too. I would, I would put um fellowship of the ring up there. Okay. For me, you know, I would put the third one. As a 100. Oh, Return of the King. I did the Hell other yeah. Two, before I did the other. Mine two. would be the other way around. Mine would be oh, you do Fellowship? Return, Fellowship, Return, and then Two Towers. Well, Two Towers is not a 100. So we can agree. On no, that. it's close, but it's not. Definitely not. Um, I did have one more really Anyways. bad. <laughs> yeah, I did have one more really bad. Um, And maybe, you know, I missed the moment on this one, but. I uh, I just really struggled watching this. It it really kind of like again, like kind of like you said, tough to categorize. But Jeremy Runner getting hit by a snowplow for me really bad, not good, just bad. Pancaked by a snowplow driver. Hopefully that one landed with you listening. Um, if not, hey, give us a call. Let us know ah. how did it land. <laughs> <laughs> they're not all winners they're not all winners uh, ask jeremy anyway that was wild i had so many questions like how did what are you do doing that? with a snowplow like are you like how do you yeah there's a lot i like to think he my was sister told someone. me anecdotally that he was snow plowing his neighbor's lawn oh but it sounds like the plow was they're driving whatever yeah yeah. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Plow him once. <laughs> shame on you. Plow me twice. Shame on me. I think that's <laughs> what the twice. old adage is. <laughs> exactly. Hey, man. How about we get into the movie we're talking about uh, this week? A little white noise from 2002, 2022. Did you know there actually are okay. two white noises? No. So I'm glad we both I watched the same that. one. Yeah. There's another movie that called White Noise, hilarious. which also fits our criteria. <laughs> We're watching it next week, baby. Stick stick around. Uh, maybe, maybe. All right, let's uh, let's get into some White Noise, huh?
So white noise. Huh? How about that noise? White Shout noise. Out. Shout out. It feels uh... like it's all I ever hear. Really? Everywhere you go, it's just white noise. White noise, baby. What about white... the brown noises? <laughs> what about me? <laughs> what about the black noises? God uh... damn it. You're right. <laughs> and what about the noises that were here in this country long before we ever were? You know what I mean? What's up with those noises? Absolutely. What is up with those noises? Anyways, here we are talking about white noise again. Yeah, we never stop. It's all we talk about. White noise. White noise this. White noise that. Anyway, <laughs> um, this movie snuck in right before the year uh 2023 years past uh the year of the our fallen lord. year of our lord um came in december 30th 2022 which is interesting because i don't really remember anything about this movie being marketed or publicized around that time like i feel like this movie should not have come out then because and we'll talk about it later, but this is this is a very uh, deep movie, I would say. It's a very introspective movie. There's a lot of heavy dialogue in it, and uh, that doesn't really bode well with a lot of family time. So I'm just surprised that this movie kind of came out around that they time. They kind of just dropped it, huh? Because yeah, they did. I did hear they did like a limited theater release for it. Oh, really? Um, hmm. But it was like the same weekend that they dropped it on Netflix or something. You you're right. It looks like there was a release in theaters on November twenty fifth. Um, so it oh, seemed... so it was a month before. Okay, yeah. So it seems like they did similar to Glass Onion. They released this in theaters like a month before, kind of putting it out on on streaming. I feel like that's the time. only way that Netflix is going to make money. It's like they have to release things in theater because their model sucks ass right now. But do you, is, I wanted to, so for Glass Onion, I wanted to see Glass Onion and then I was, I thought it was on Netflix and then I noticed it was in theaters, but then I didn't notice it was in theaters for only a week. So I missed it in theaters and then I was just like, all right, whatever, That's... I'll just wait a month, I guess, and watch it. Oh, I didn't know Netflix. that. I didn't know that they only release it for a week. I thought they release it like concurrently while it's on Netflix. They did like a limited release for a week, a month ahead of time in theaters. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Which was confusing because I thought that meant, like you said, it was on Netflix, but it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, so I, I don't really see like if I'm paying for the subscription of something, I'm not going to go pay another $20 to watch it in a movie theater unless it's I'm gonna wait. Top Gun Maverick or something. Yeah, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait, you know, like I've waited two years for a PS5 and still don't have one. So like, yeah. why wouldn't I wait a month what? for whatever content's coming out? Yeah. Some would say I've waited my whole life for this moment. And I'll just keep waiting. Like, like who? I don't know. Some. Uh, this movie direct, directed so, and written by uh, Noah Baumbach. We know of Noah Baumbach. He does, uh, he does a lot of, he's an artsy fartsy kind of guy. He, uh, hey, well. He, what? Am I wrong? I mean, he is. I agree. I, I, yeah. The Life Aquatic, artsy fartsy. I love all of those movies. He did uh, Madagascar Three, artsy fartsy, and mostly then he... more fartsy than artsy. <laughs> <laughs> more like fartsy. 
<laughs> yeah, you're right. And then he did uh, Kicking and Screaming, which was funny because in my mind, when I saw Kicking and Screaming, I immediately thought he directed and wrote the Will Ferrell classic, Kicking and Screaming. And <laughs> the Will Ferrell classic. To be so surprised, there is another movie called Kicking and Screaming, and it has nothing to do with soccer, unfortunately. No. Yeah. Also a marriage story uh he put together so he definitely and and i think i could be completely wrong but and francis ha which is an incredible film yeah sorry so he, de- he oh surprise surprise um he definitely has like he doesn't have uh he has a style but he i wouldn't say every movie he doesn't like only do action movies he doesn't only do these dramas but his style is um it's through the dialogue i think is his style which yeah. makes sense since so, he's so what, how did you feel like coming into the movie what were your first thoughts since you know all of this about noah Baumbach, you know he's got frequent collaborators like greta gerwig and adam and adam driver can you um, call a seen, frequent collaborator seen... if she's your wife can you call her a frequent collaborator yeah, yeah. you're collaborating a lot more frequently than you would be otherwise baby <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, like, you knew all of that. You knew that he did, like, the Mayorowitz stories and uh, I didn't. Marriage I didn't. Story, Francis Ha. You, did, you didn't know that? I don't know who Mayorowitz is. What's their story? Oh. I don't know how to play into this. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Ben Stiller movie. You didn't watch that? No. No, I didn't. What is it, like, oh, what is it good. actually about? I, I didn't watch it. Uh, it's basically about like these, uh, siblings that are forced to come together to celebrate their like very detached father who is played by, um, uh, what's it? Dustin Hoffman. And like, they're all like all the, it's it's a Noah Baumbach thing. So it's like, you know, it's going to have very quick, quickly delivered and quirky dialogue. All the characters, there's like, they have their own flaws and, and they butt heads did he um what, is it at a it's funeral? great movie is it a funeral or no it's no. like his dad is an artist like a very uh celebrated artist who's coming out with something new and so they're all forced together for that gotcha gotcha but it's starring like adam sandler ben stiller and uh who's the and emma thompson and stuff are all on there and rob schneider it's I'm really assuming. good yeah. you should watch it okay it's on netflix yeah, did yeah. i say rob schneider no but you said adam sandler so i just figured Rob Schneider's oh, okay. probably in there. Yeah. So what were your first thoughts going into this? Thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. This? So white noise or just noise. Uh so I didn't really know <laughs> anything about it. So like right off the bat, uh when I turned it on, I was kind of excited because um I wouldn't say I love Noah Bombback movies. Clearly, like didn't know about that one. So I'm not follow I'm not consuming everything he puts out but i would say I, I like some of the stuff he does um they can be a little bit hit or miss with critics and audience i would say I, maybe all of them are hit or miss with critics or audience like either way critics either love them audience hates them or vice versa so i i just kind of was aware of that um and like i mentioned he kind of has his style with every movie um of his that i've seen it doesn't feel the same even though there's a a consistent style throughout i would say like they're all teetering on the line of uh overly quirky and bizarre uh but they still bring audiences back like it's still even though it may be like 
that was weird at a moment or that doesn't really make sense uh while you're watching it he always kind of brings you back in in other movies uh through the realistic emotions um of the characters or the scenarios that can be really relatable to everyday life um it's sort of like if seinfeld uh was made by an artsy fartsy person that's how i felt <laughs> walking into it uh, so i was like all right I, yeah we'll i see mean how I, this goes i agree with you too i mean like i like a lot of Noah Baumbach's work. I think he's like a master of dialogue. Although it's like never realistic dialogue, you know, it's often like very witty, quick, right. like philosophical. And like you said, like quirky. Um, but he always does manage to somehow show like a lot of emotion in his characters. And they're always well-defined and always have like flaws that are driving them or, you know, put, like pulling them back and, and so i was excited for this uh, also because i mean adam driver and greta gerwig are in this and they never turn in a bad performance and i absolutely loved marriage story so i was optimistic about this one I, I was excited and i think that like i i had heard that it was like kind of a comedy and that it's they gave him like so, a, so much money to do this really and so i was hoping that like yeah, I heard that they get it's like I think the biggest budget he's had. Um, which you can see on screen because it's set in the 80s and yeah. they have to make everything look like the 80s. Yeah. Um, but also I think Adam Driver is like one of the fucking funniest actors out there right now. I think he's actually a really strong comedic actor. I think it's um, he's just a strong actor, which is probably why. Yeah. He's insane. He's on his game, he's, he's so in good. his bag. As the kids would say. Yeah. <laughs> Should I get yeah, to the real exactly. rundown here? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's get yeah. it. Yeah. So for those who have seen the movie and need a refresher or haven't seen the movie and would like to just kind of know what this movie's about, let me tell you. So it's 1984. And Jack Gladney, who is uh, Adam Driver, is a professional, or sorry, is a professor of Hitler studies, uh, a field that he founded at the College on the Hill Which is in Ohio. hilarious. It's it's very funny, and I'm I was shocked that it was in Ohio because everyone's wearing Boston gear in the movie, so I I just found that kind of strange. Um, despite his specialism, he speaks no German, uh, and is secretly taking basic lessons to prepare for a speech he is due to give at a conference. Jack is married to Babette, uh, who is Greta Gerwig, his fourth wife. Together, they raise Henrik and Steffi from two of Jack's previous marriages, Denise from Babette's previous marriage, and Wilder, a child they conceived together. Denise, who is probably... Denise and Heinrich are the two kids that get the most showtime in this movie. And so Denise yeah. uh, spies on Babette and finds her secret prescription stash of Dilar, a mysterious drug, not in the usual records. Jack experiences a dream about a mysterious man, a terrifying dream. Uh, about a mysterious man trying to kill him. It's like horrifying. almost, almost like uh, what do they call it? Sleep paralysis. It was one of those, alluding to an yeah. earlier conversation. And it's like really well shot. Yeah, it was creepy. It's like ter a terrifying little scene. Yeah, it was great. And death being a big theme in this movie uh, alludes to an earlier conversation with Babette, uh, focus on their mutual fear of death. Jack's colleague Murray uh, Siskind, who is played by Don Cheadle a professor of American culture, wishes to develop a similarly niche field, Elvis studies, and asks Jack to help him. 
<laughs> Their comfortable middle-class lives are disrupted when a cataclysmic train accident casts a cloud of chemical waste over the town. This airborne toxic event, which is said to cause deja vu in its victims, forces a mass evacuation of their town, which leads to the Gladney family on a brief adventure. During this escapade, Jack is inadvertently and briefly exposed to the toxic cloud. The family and numerous others are forced into quarantine at a camp. Murray supplies Jack with a small palm-sized pistol to protect himself against a more dangerous survivalist in the camp. One day, chaos ensues when multiple families desperately try to escape the camp. The Gladneys almost make it out, but ultimately end up with their car floating in the river. They later arrive in Iron City, where they encounter a man who rants about the lack of media attention on the evacuees and spots Jack, claiming he had seen him before while looking at him. After nine days, the family manages to return home. However, Jack was briefly exposed to the chemical waste. His fear of death becomes exacerbated. Later, everything has returned to normal except for Babette, who has become pale, lethargic, and emotionally distant from Jack and the rest of the family. Soon afterward, Jack begins having hallucinations of a mysterious balding man, the same one from his nightmare, um, who's just following him around. Denise shares her concerns regarding Dylar and Jack confronts Babette. She admits to having joined a shadowy clinically clinical trial for a drug to treat death anxiety. And when she was cut from the trial, uh, she agreed to have sex with Mr. Gray in exchange for continuing supply of the drug. Intrigued by the idea, Jack asks Denise for the bottle of Dilar, but she reveals she threw it away earlier. While digging through the garbage, Jack finds a newspaper ad for Dilar, prompting him to retrieve his pistol and get revenge on Mr. Gray. Jack tracks him down at a motel where he discovers that Mr. Gray was the man in his hallucinations. Jack shoots him and places the gun in his hand as to make it look like a suicide. Babette unexpectedly, unexpectedly shows up and sees that Mr. Gray is still alive with a gun in his hand. He shoots them both. After Jack and Babette convince the confused Mr. Gray that he is responsible for their injuries they, or, and his own injuries, they take him to a nearby hospital run by German atheist nuns there, the couple also reconciles with each other. The next day, the Gladneys shop at the A&P supermarket where the family participates in one of the coolest dance-off credit scenes of all time. The end. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was that. It was really cool. <laughs> that, that was probably like... That was probably my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> yeah the that it was over yeah that <laughs> but that lcd sound system song was fucking cool and the way it was shot was so good it was i, I think <laughs> I thought every, it was great. everything that was yeah. shot in that grocery store was really cool it was awesome yeah so what um, was interesting about this okay, movie yeah let's get into it it was broken down into three parts of white noise. Apparently, the book is also broken down into these three parts. That's a good point. So this movie is based on a book, um, a book that I've never read. That has been previously referenced. Me neither. I've never read it. A book that has been like touted as quote unfilmable. Really? Yeah. The book is unfilmable. I don't know. I I haven't read it either. That's what they have said in the past, that the book is unfilmable. And so uh, apparently Noah Baumbach really likes this book. He read it when he was a teenager. It was given to him by his uh, writer father. 
And I guess, you know, he felt comfortable tackling the unfilmable book because he was a fan or something. I think he did. I, I enjoyed the movie overall. Um, I think he did a good job filming it. it. It does talk about like a lot of philosophical points. In fact, most of the characters seem to be just philosophizing when they're <laughs> in dialogue. Yeah. Um, what a strange I, I book to read it, but, as a teenager. What do you mean? Like every pretentious, you know, like film school writer nerd would want to read a, a pretentious book like that. Yeah. But it's I just like, it. like you said, it's so deep <laughs> and philosophical. I feel like, oh my gosh. Jeez I don't know. Geez. I think I'll probably read it now, though. Smoke a doobie, kid. Go play Xbox. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Reading this book. Anyway, so the first part, Waves and Radiation. What's next? Infinite Jest? Come on. <sighs> Come on. Come on, kid. So the first the yeah. first third of this movie, and it's it seems like, and I'm sure the book, each third is kind of focused on a different part or a different uh issue that uh yeah this family the is family facing. is facing yeah can i just say that the very beginning of the movie with the uh Dave hey, don Cheadle monologue mm-hmm. about the car crashes mm-hmm. was absolutely incredible it was hilarious i thought it was fucking hilarious it was so funny and it ended, and I was like, I agree with everything he just Me said. Me too. Car crashes are like the 4th of July. Yeah. There were a, a lot of those. A secular holiday. There Look were a past lot of the violence. Moments. I know. It's a spectacle. Yeah. Look past spectacle. the... It, it is a spectacle. And it's like, that's why we love movies. That's why we love movies with, like, Fast and Fury. Look past all of the people that Vin Diesel and the gang have... D- murdered while driving cars through these streets and destroying buildings and just shooting guns willy-nilly look past all of that and enjoy the spectacle of it <laughs> yeah and just enjoy how and this is why i love all roads lead back to fast and furious this is why it's such fast a great movie franchise because <laughs> you look past uh you know, people will get so caught up. How do they fly a car to outer space? How do they orbit the, like, don't worry about all that. Sit back, strap in, and enjoy this movie a quarter mile at a time. Because that is the best way to enjoy it. It doesn't get any better. It's top of cinema. Side note, remind me to edit that monologue with just footage of Fast and Furious car crashes behind it. <laughs> We will. For for those of you <laughs> listening, we will be uh, keep an eye on the TikTok, the Instagrams, uh, because that monologue will be perfectly situated to uh, Fast and Furious car crashes. Anyway, absolutely. So this movie starts. Um, we we kind of meet all of the characters: Adam Driver, Greta Gerwig, all the kids. Like, how did you sort of feel about the where this movie was going right off the bat? They sort of have the com- so the, there's a conversation about the car crashes, and then there's death, like all happening at once. Yeah, but it's it's at the, at this point. I mean, the very beginning of this movie, I'm charmed by it because it goes from that to um, this big family of like it's Heinrich Steffi. Denise Wilder and then obviously Adam Driver and Greta Gerwig's characters and they're all talking at the same time and they all 
are going like through this insane dialogue that's just moving so f- like rapid fire dialogue that, that I'm still in. I'm I I I I really much. I this was my favorite thing about Noah Baumbach movies is that the dialogue is always very, very quick and witty. Um, and so we meet this family, and I think they're charming, and that and we're slowly learning that they're like they're very, very happy in their life of like complacency, like middle class. They have everything they want. The supermarket, you know, is thriving. It's like American idealism is at play here. That the only thing that is driving them crazy is the fear of death. Mm -hmm. They have every other thing they could ever want in the world. But death is the thing that's driving them crazy because it's the one thing they can't escape, you know? And everybody else is just walking around just thinking about stuff. Like we're at a point in our life where we could just think about things because we have everything we could ever need. You know, I, so I was, I like that concept <laughs> of talking about that point of America, you know, it's interesting. And so like these guys are, and they joke about this in the movie as well. Like Don Cheadle and, and uh, Jack's character are talking about like taboo subjects because I feel like and and they're talking about like why are we driven towards catastrophe you know like the kids were really into the idea of the plane crash right but then at the same time they don't realize that like hey I'm obsessed with Hitler <laughs> so it, it's like they're driven towards catastrophe because they're living in like extreme comfort you know so I was very into this and then that is uh immediately interrupted by the chemical waste uh train accident yeah and then they're forced to and and it's not until it's right on top of them that they even realize the possibility of danger is a like there's an actual threat before before the uh the cloud two more things in waves and radiation i wanted to talk about um or three that i thought were great is the um the the sort of dialogue in this movie or yeah in this movie so far it feels like a book which is interesting yeah because it's very every every line or anything it feels like sometimes it feels like something someone would say and sometimes it feels like they're telling you the descriptions in between the dialogue of what's happening yeah so it's, it's like that very Rick like and it's Morty not feel sometimes where they'll be like, hey, man, let's open that door and see what's behind it. So or like even yeah. the the conversation that Jack has in his class about plots, the different types of plots and different things and how they kind of all lead to death um, was interesting. And then I thought the most interesting part of Waves and Radiation that is a consistent theme in the movie. That, I mean, it's how it ends, but the kind of narrative around the grocery store and how grocery stores are transitions for life and death or just a period in your life. And when they were talking about that, I was like, man, that's so true. Because think about all the times you go to the grocery (laughs) store and you just put in your headphones and you're just in a trance. You're just kind of there and you're not really like sure what's going on or what you're doing. You're just grabbing things off the shelf and whatever. And then when you were going in there, you were sort of doing something beforehand. You're in the grocery store. You're just on autopilot. 
and then you leave yeah. and you're like boom okay back into real life what back was i to, what do i need to do yeah. like what what's happening like you're, what's you're the in like new a, uh, you're in a liminal space you're right in a liminal space like a time between something and the other thing and so i thought i thought that yeah. was pretty great and there's like little moments in this movie where in between yeah. all of the slow stuff and it's like, funny because yeah that's the thing it's like there was a lot in this movie that was very thought-provoking and and you know like in very interesting uh but it's 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 bogged down the movie has like this very slow pace uh, i had to watch it in two chunks because i fell asleep last night watching it i did i had to watch, also watch it in a couple chunks but um the other one the scene where jack is sleeping and I thought, uh, I thought it was at first Babette that was sort of walking around. I thought because of the drugs and everything, I thought something was going on with her. Uh, that scene was super cool uh, because I thought it was going to be a jumping off <laughs> yeah. point for something crazy with the Dylar. Um, but yeah, it didn't well, happen. And that's the thing. It's like the movie had like these very insane tonal shifts where for that, like three or four minutes, it's a horror film and it's like a good one. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and then it (laughs) and then it's a disaster movie and it's like a pretty funny disaster movie. Yeah. During the uh, the airborne toxic event. Yeah. You know, and then it's 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 just got like all of these things going on in it, but it doesn't quite flow too well. Yeah, the other another like small moment that felt like chapters. Like you said, like it said, like it was like a book. Like it felt like chapters. Yeah, another small moment you were talking about is uh, when they were comparing Hitler to uh, Elvis. Elvis. Yeah, Yeah. like when uh, Don Cheadle's trying to teach that class, and then Adam uh, Driver comes in and he totally just compares everything that Elvis did uh, to Hitler based on the crowds of the people. (laughs) based on the crowds of people because the because of their ability to capture a crowd and manipulate a crowd and draw them to do whatever they wanted right like buy records kill people all the same uh according to adam driver which was hilarious it was a great and i guess that was uh... consumerism their take on it but i thought it was funny yeah every dachi don't always be like you know elvis loves dogs he had three dogs. Yeah. <laughs> he would just go off. He was just obsessed. It was great. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> that was sort of the first one. And you were you were jumping into the the toxic event. And I, I didn't want to like keep going down yeah. that rabbit hole without those two those two pieces because I thought they they were what made the first chapter, as you said, of this movie feel worthwhile to me, at least. Yeah. Those were like yeah. the small moments that and stuck I think- out. Maybe I'm reaching for this theme, but like talking about like Hitler and Elvis and like the catastrophes all felt like a very like like I already made my point about that. But yeah, let's just get into the next one. (laughs) Yeah. So the airborne toxic event, which was uh, also funny, but it it also got me thinking like um, how many more movies are going to keep coming out? I understand that this was a book before, but how many more movies are going to keep coming out? Like, what is, when are we going to stop with the, not that I'm complaining, but 
feels like the last year or so everything's really hit on this unforeseen untangible event that overtakes human life and forces <laughs> people to think differently or hide in their houses and be really afraid because of misinformation and the government hiding things and all these conspiracies and you don't really know what you don't know and you have to rise up the people uh -huh. have to rise up to fight back against this deadly unseen bad guy yeah and there's a loudspeaker in the back that says right. remember to wear your masks yeah <laughs> yeah how many how many more years of yeah. that do you think we got it does seem very, probably i probably like two it is or the three. lowest hanging of fruit but it is what's relevant every day it's what we see every day right now and it's funny because like i maybe we were also living in this weird point of comfort that like now we've reached the catastrophe part of the movie of our lives <laughs> maybe but it felt very similar to that in this movie you know like they were very comfortable in the beginning and then a catastrophic event happens and they just kind of get over it and it's just life as usual you know yeah. we just go right back to consumerism and stuff i i think we're probably going to see this theme for a long time <laughs> if if anything, I think it's always been around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something something like that's always been around. Anyway, so it also yeah. got me thinking. Next time something like that happens and you're forced to evacuate and you got to leave, zombie apoc apocalypse happens. The last of us happens. A magic mushroom turns people into zombies, okay? Yeah. You got to evacuate immediately, five minutes. What are you bringing with you? Oof, that's tough. Um, and it's a car. Maybe I should make a go bag. You get a car. <laughs> oh, I should probably start making a go bag just in case. <laughs> if someone told me. Ideally, like, okay, I'm going to grab a backpack. I'm going to throw like a blanket in there. I'm going to throw okay. like all of the non-perishable food I'm gonna, I have okay, good, in there, nice. right? I'm going to throw obviously a phone, a charger. Who knows? I'm going to need that, you know, yeah. uh, a knife. Oh, I don't even own a knife. Like a little pocket knife, probably. For... I do. <laughs> oh, wow. That's that could do some damage. Yeah. Oh, it folds. Nice. Very little damage. Yeah. Yeah. It's for cutting boxes. At Small work. jabs. But, you know, you know, I'm going to need to probably cut a lot. <laughs> yeah, a tiny little. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's probably it. I don't know. That's probably I would have all I would do. No idea. Some underwear. Some Under underwear. Oh, yeah. Socks. You always got to have clean underwear. Yeah. Good call. Nothing yeah. more uncomfortable. Underwear, socks. That's been a little it. swamp. Best pair of pants that I own. Best pair or more fun most functional pair? I Best quality pants. Mm. You know. Mm. Some nice khakis. Dress pants. Some nice wool dress pants. <laughs> Yeah, like my suit. Just, yeah. Oh, I gotta go. You just put on a full suit. Well, dress for the job you want. <laughs> yeah. President. I I yeah. honestly would have no idea. I think I would if someone was like, "Hey, you have thirty seconds. Go." I, I don't know. I'd grab mm -hmm. my phone, my computer, maybe the TV. Yeah. I'm gonna make a go bag, dude. I'm gonna have to like yeah, order some. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna have to order some like bananas, seeds, maybe. you know, like 
I like peanut like butter seeds, you know. Milk. So like eventually when I do find a place, I'll have to, you know, like I can get started. We'll have to start farming and stuff. So yeah. Oh, oh, like plant seeds, not like you. Yeah, like plant seeds, like fruits. Gotcha. Yeah, like fruit oh, okay. and. Gotcha. <laughs> I carry that seed with me everywhere I go, baby. You never I'm know when you're gonna have to repopulate. Like <laughs> never know. You never know if you're gonna have to repopulate yeah. the entire world. So it was uh. I feel pretty prepared for that, except for the fact that I don't have a go bag already. Mm. Yeah, me neither. I'm good. What? You live in New York City. I feel like Twitter will tell me. I feel like Twitter will tell me. Like, at least give me a little bit. Twitter will tell you. Yeah. Yeah, but then you'd have to fight with, like, running around and getting all the shit you need. Toilet paper. <laughs> I think I'm becoming a prepper. I think what's happening is I'm actively becoming a prepper. Are you gonna become a uh, apocalyptic uh, one of those people that like cans uh, everything in your basement? You just can everything <laughs> yeah, in your yeah, basement. Yeah. You start making your own bullets. I got and some stuff pickled onions, yeah. pickled pickles, yeah, pickled, pickled radishes. <laughs> lots of lots of tomato sauce. <laughs> That's pretty much Terry's tomato stone. <laughs> Those are my my aunt's teeth. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> oh man, yeah. yeah this part, this part of the movie. Yeah, that's true. If you're gonna have to like fake a murder, you know, just drop a couple of fake teeth there. I watch SVU. Um, that's a great idea. <laughs> fake teeth this lady's been dead the for a hundred years but her teeth are on the scene to the cops the cops are like hey chief i just got those dental records back from that murder you're not gonna like believe it but dead for 40 years <laughs> you're oh, telling no. me put it on the pile of the other ones we never figured out <laughs> you're telling me this lady came back to life i don't know i don't know <laughs> boss well shit looks like this is the case for the x-files <laughs> We got to get Moldo and Scully on this one. They'll never solve it. Um, yeah. This Scully, actually... I'm telling you that at this late, there's zombies. Yeah. Come on, Scully. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the phenomenon from the voodoo? What? <laughs> they New didn't Orleans? talk about... They'd go to New Orleans and end up seeing... <laughs> yeah. They didn't talk about zombies in your private elementary school, Scully? Huh? <laughs> Back when I went to public school, that's all they talked about was zombies. In fact, my my class yeah. was taught by an ex-zombie. Um, <laughs> this part of the movie really sped up for me. I think like the beginning. It's just like a really old lady. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, the beginning of this movie was a little slow, and then once this airborne toxic event happened, uh, crazy that all of this stuff fit in a train. That was wild. Um, and then the car crash. Obviously, knew that was gonna happen. Um, and then they do the, I love the way they shot that crash. It was like clearly all CG, but it looked pretty good. It looked good. Yeah. I also loved, mm -hmm. I thought it looked good. I loved that, uh, Heinrich was channeling misinformation. He was like the, uh, premier misinformationist of this movie, which is I was hilarious. thinking like these kids need Twitter. They, they have were so Twitter. many questions. And they are Twitter, right? Yeah. I'm like, man, this is what would have happened when you don't have Twitter. I guess you just ask all these things out loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't remember when you were a kid, you would just ask stuff. You'd be like, why? 
And your parent would be like, oh, fuck that, dude. Why? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, you think one camel hump is for food and the other camel hump is for water? Uh, I don't fucking know. Shut up, Jack. <laughs> why don't you know that? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And then, uh, so, and then this scene where they kind of are peeling out, like they're trying to leave, and he sees someone with one of those survivalist bumper stickers. It's like gun control is mind control. And he's like, yeah. This guy knows what he's doing. This guy, I'm following this guy. He definitely knows what he's doing. That was hilarious. That was hilarious. And then, like, when they're running through the woods, the yeah. car is all of a sudden behind them and to <laughs> yeah. their left. And they're like, where is <laughs> that was so good. yeah it was and great then, and then and then they just go right back into traffic after the water yeah. park after they float the suburban down the lake that was river. crazy too i was wondering <laughs> that, was that was fun see that was fun that's what i'm saying the pacing for this mo- part of the movie was great it was like it was moving yeah. a little bit because it probably of the chaotic the chaos of this happening in real life they wanted the characters to also just sort of be chaotic. John, did you start Googling airborne toxic effect? No, I didn't. Did I, I was like, has there ever been one of these? Yeah. An I couldn't really find toxic one. event? No. Nah, yeah. Event, yeah. Not in, There's no. a band called the Airborne Toxic Event, but like, I'm like, so they just made, there had to have been something, right? Like in the fucking 60s or something, or in the 80s. I don't know why I thought like this probably happened somewhere. Oh, do you like think some like sort of in toxic the book? cloud? Well, wasn't I mean there was the threat of anthrax uh, as an airborne toxic yeah, and event. like there was and like the, nuclear, you know, all the stuff. nuclear stuff. I think was probably what it was. <laughs> you know, I thought you were joking. Stuff. I thought you were joking because COVID was definitely a an airborne toxic event. That <laughs> that is not the joke I was making, but you're right. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> thought you were joking. I thought you were. I thought. <laughs> I thought there there was like a possibility that there had actually been an airborne toxic event in the like 80s in the 80s sort of substance got out that like yeah like in the 80s like back in the day like some sort of sub- substance got out that like made everybody actually evacuate from a little town I'm sure I that like this sounded plausible I'm sure like and it's also maybe the misinformation something maybe happened some anthrax scare or whatever happened and then made everyone evacuate i don't know something like that who knows who really yeah. knows anything we could lie about it it's kind of like we could spread misinformation yeah. we could do that we could be that we could i'm pretty sure we do do that all the time here do do everyone's a real critic <laughs> <laughs> anyway so we get into like the the last part of this movie, the third chapter, Dilarama, which focuses on the Dilamar is the drug, right? Dilar, 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 Dilar is the drug yeah. that that Babette's taking, and they're trying to figure out what's going on here because she is a completely new person in this third act of the movie, clearly having dealt with trauma recently, and then something. But it's beforehand. not like they didn't. Uh foreshadow that something weird was gonna happen to her, was happening with her yeah you know, they like definitely in the were. very first scene of, in the very first scene that we see the family uh denise is like you already took a shower today hmm yeah a little deja vu <laughs> you know she's like already learning that like seeing that her mom is acting weird doing weird shit so yeah but i i so 
I thought they were like gonna say like that she was just flat out depressed, and because it's the eighties, like they definitely were depression was hinting that new. Yeah. Oh yeah, depression but was invented like in the eighties. What she. <laughs> John Rambo invented <laughs> depression in 1980. Ronald Reagan invented depression yeah, in he 1980. Did. He did. Depression <laughs> is just 1980s. a government conspiracy. It's not real. <laughs> They're just... <laughs> yeah. You know what's something that actually reminds me? This kid said something uh, during the movie. She's like, well, isn't that supposed to relax you? And he was like, anything that relaxes you is bad for you or something. He's he's got that that line, and I was like, and I was literally like smoking a joint while I was watching it. <laughs> this like, straight oh. edge. <laughs> he's not wrong though. He's definitely not wrong. I know. I was. That's what I was thinking. I was well, like, oh, he's not entirely wrong. <laughs> meditation, maybe meditation, yoga. Those things are yeah, yeah, are good yeah. for you and and can relax you. But you yeah, know what? He was, he was not talking about those. You can't take those kind of generalizations. You got to take them on with a grain of salt because as uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi said, only Sith deal in absolutes. Mm, so. He did say that. He did. He also said, hello there. <laughs> hello there. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a good point because meditation and yoga weren't invented in the 80s yet. So he was. Uh, but yeah, didn't, didn't they, did, they did just keep kind of walking around that. And then it turned out that like her quote unquote condition was just that she's like really scared of death. Yeah. Well, they had talked yeah. about that before. They had gone back and forth about how yeah. scared they would be if the other per they wanted to die before the other person because they would be scared and wouldn't know what to do if, you know, the, yeah. like if Jack. Jack was saying he wouldn't know what to do if Babette died, and so he would want to die first, and and vice versa. So that's mm -hmm. that's definitely where I thought where this that third Jack's one comes in. exposure. I thought that Jack's exposure to um the cloud was really funny because, like, especially that scene where he's getting the diagnosis from the kid. I thought the the dialogue there was really funny, especially because they don't actually they don't ever say there's anything really wrong with him <laughs> like he's he's fine they just said that like he was exposed you're like it it's not going to kill him they basically told him one day you're going to die and you'll still have a little bit of this substance inside of you is what i got out of it but like what he was terrified was just the fact that he was going to die at all <laughs> because and everybody's telling him like you're fine you're good you're young go have some kids start a family <laughs> thing man but yeah it was just hearing the words thing. death hearing the words death were, were very scary and like it's that kind of nuance with the writing that i i really enjoyed it has it had so many of those like jokes but not jokes i think that's where when people were saying it's a comedy it was in those moments where it's like you're not dying yeah. now but you you will and it's like very nuanced i think like you will even the the inferences I don't know if these were in the book or not, but the inferences of about modern day like companies and branding and situations that like if you aren't really following or even someone that cares about those things, you you will have missed them entirely in this movie. Like it's not one of those 
they're not hitting you right in the the face with the joke. They're happening like really fast and they're very nuanced and they're very smart about it. So like even the things of calling, I took this as a joke, like calling a medical research facility, Autumn Harvest Falls, just like I that had to have been a joke about how <laughs> like so scary. Yeah. Well, it's long, but like scary medical places always give themselves very comforting names so that people aren't afraid of them. Like that was the name of this like crazy psycho institute in the movie or psychological institute yeah. in the movie where they were going to send Babette or something like that. And like, there's hundreds of those in the movie. So it was just a lot. Yeah. I loved the uh, German atheist nun. Yeah. Another <laughs> one end too. Yeah. Yeah. Which was Another. hilarious. She's like, what do you want me to what you want you want me to believe in heaven you should believe in heaven <laughs> yeah right and then the picture was uh ronald reagan and jesus together she was like yeah that's <laughs> that's for you no guys. the pope it was the oh pope. the pope you're right ronald reagan and the pope yeah. she was like yeah that 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 picture is for you we don't we don't actually believe in that there was a moment in this third part of the movie i thought you were gonna love did you uh when they were talking about capitalistic big well you were like oh jose's gonna love this (laughs) yeah capitalistic big pharma abusing people into giving up everything in order to find a small chance of a potential cure like when babette is talking to jack about what she had to go through in order to find a possible solution to her depression yeah but i also thought it was like um in in their case specifically it was like they I don't know how I can put this, but like their extreme sense of comfort was what drove them towards this fear because it was the only thing left, you know, which what but and and that is as a result of, yeah, like consumerism and stuff like that. And of course, Big Pharma is going to abuse that part of people because they abuse everything. So it's like uh, because they didn't really have much going on in their life. That's that was the big thing they had to look forward to was dying, which is sad. Yeah. It also, in that scene and the last 10 minutes of the movie, 15 minutes of the movie, I think that's when Adam Driver and Greta Gerwig were sort of at their best when it was just those two. Uh, because boy. Oh, yeah. It takes a they lot were incredible of. incredible together. It takes a lot of work for an actor to bring such emotion to the characters in this movie because they're intentionally analytical about everything, just like dialogue wise. And There's no emotion. So much in of the dialogue, sense. yeah. So much of the dialogue is is like dry. Yeah, <laughs> intentionally. Know? Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, it sounds that way. Even also, Don Cheadle, like when he'd go on these, he's saying he he's delivering so much. It's a, it's amazing. And then it's honestly the, amazing. The last uh, sort of I big loved, scene, the Blade Runner scene. Yeah, when uh, <laughs> yeah, when he decides he's gonna actually go kill the guy yeah and it's all of a sudden it's like rainy and and, and there's neon. like neon lights in the back yeah, <laughs> yeah it looks i was like this looks amazing he's like under an overpass goes to this cd motel it looks awesome like the cinematography throughout the whole movie though is really good it is yeah like, you don't well quite done. notice it in the very beginning because it's so like it's that part of the movie calls for something much more like muted than this <laughs> all of a sudden it becomes like this this dysphoric uh dystopian uh 
like noir. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. And it got dark. I mean, even in the yeah. part where they were they were doing the Elvis and uh Hitler comparison in that lecture hall, like a really dark subject. The entire room is covered in rainbows, I thought was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because what they're talking about too is so and the way he's like crouched. Yeah. On the very top, too, he's like this when he starts yeah. talking is awesome. Yeah, yeah. It, it look the movie looks beautiful. I mean, it, it's there's a lot that I really liked about this. It's just kind of never mind. I'll save it. Yeah, save your review for the end. But we we kind of get to yeah. the, the end of this movie. They they all face death. They get a wink at death, sort of at the end, and then just when they thought they yeah, were going to they all die, face death. Just when they think they're going to die, they end up back in the grocery store. Their transition. They're not quite there yet. They haven't left the store. And we get the dance yeah. off. I loved it. And I loved the dance. I loved the dance at the end. It was so good. But I get, yeah, you're right. They all face death in the end and they move on and they go right back to their life of comfort. You yep. know? Right back to the store. Yeah. Right With back everyone to the else. store where they get, where they can have everything they want anything they want at the store it doesn't and and when the butcher cuts the block and it like sprays blood on the lady's face i was like yeah. wow that is a potent little image yeah i loved it what are you gonna do yeah anyway. i loved it but oh, man okay let's let's go into the critic and audience yeah reviews. that's kind of what we uh broke down in the movie let's see what what other people thought all right, quick question for you. Yeah. What song do you play for this? Not the real ranking one. Is it the rando beat? <clears throat> I'll tell you right now. Definitely not that one. It sounds... I have it named reviews on my... Reviews? On my... It's called reviews on on my in my folder. Okay, well, let me play it. All right, play it. It's like bum bum bum. Dun 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 dun. This one. That's the one. Okay, yeah. it says uh, what you're watching on here. What? On the it says interlude, aka what you're watching, or is it this one? No, that's that's the theme song. Yeah. Is it this one? What you watching? No, that's movie talk. Yep. Here. And then. Is it this one? No, that's the real Where did ranking. you get these? Where did you get these? The transition tunes folder. I don't see it. Is it in episode audio? In the it's in the everyone's a real critic drive, but there mm -hmm. wasn't one that was marked uh um reviews. There's what you watch in movie talk, real ranking, and then there's the rando beat pretty sick. 
Uh, <laughs> Play so that, that one real quick. The rando beat. Give me one yeah. second. <laughs> That's not it. No, hold That's on. That's not it. It's freaking out. It's freaking out. Let me just open it. Transition. I just can't even find the transition tunes folder. Nope. That was it. So I'm yeah, missing one. I'm missing one. Okay. I don't I don't even know where that folder is though. Where is it? It's in the everyone's a real critic uh account in that account's Google Drive. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. I gotta switch to that one. Yeah. Yeah, just drop it on the uh, Zoom chat, the file. Oh, okay. Heard. Good idea. What the heck? It's not working. Is it too big? I doubt it. Mm, it's not working. I'll drop it in our shared ERC folder or just email it to me really quick and then i'll okay i can do that that's a good idea just gonna do it as a reply to yeah sounds good <clears throat> All right, sent. Okay. Take a minute. Come on, load. No worries. Got it. All right, downloaded. All right.
All right. Redo. Ready? Three, yeah. two, one. get reviewing to the critic ones let's do it buddy so this first uh as a reminder critic score on this movie 63 percent versus the audience score which is a 32 percent so 63 percent, not great uh but not terrible i would say so this first critic review here from the uh, publication seven days despite wearing out its welcome White Noise deserves credit for being a wildly ambitious, unclassifiable, thought-provoking film. Three and a half out of five. Seems about spot on. Uh, I kind of, kind of what we. I agree talking. with that because it. I mean, it's. I think we talked like really. I we spoke really highly of it, but um, we didn't really mention enough that it was very slow going. Yeah, there were scenes slow. that definitely. Yeah, it was slow. The pacing was very slow. This next one, yeah. the News Herald. Like it was, what was it? Almost, it's like two plus hours long, right? Two hour, almost two hours and twenty minutes. Yeah, I think it's one fifty three. Yeah. Oh, okay. Damn. Yeah, two hours twenty. Um, the News Herald, although he struggles with tone, Bombback clearly wanted to do the novel justice, taking us through its three titled parts for a journey unusual and unpredictable two and a half out of four so it's also like this piece of the review that is being captured it's not again not bad it's just sort of pointing out the obvious as critics sometimes do like not not a real opinion here just stating fact and gave it a two and a half out of four this next one i've come to really love this publication uh aarp movies for grown-ups they they also gave a review on the Expendables that it was too much violence, and so I, I like to keep a tab on AARP movies for grownups because they they have a unique look at point movies. of views. Yeah, they have a very mm -hmm. unique point of view. So they say here, it's another one of 2022's high profile star encrusted projects that struggles to be as good <laughs> as its as its dazzling cast and provocative premise. Three out of five. I love Star that word. Star encrusted. Yeah. Instead Ugh. of ensemble cast, I really like star encrusted. It just you, you star know, studded. Star studded is star studded is good. You know what star encrusted yeah. was? Pee Wee Herman's pants at that movie theater before he got arrested. <laughs> Those were star encrusted. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, uh, I haven't disagreed with any of these quite yet. No, no, I you don't know, think like, you I will. I think this is also a pretty adequate review. I added a few more uh, critic reviews as, than normal because they <laughs> were all so boring and dry and factual. So uh, kind of like the movie. So this next one from Newsday. Kudos to Bombback for trying something new. But White Noise is an endurance test. One and a half out of four. This next one. Kind of like this person. I'd like to meet him. We should have them on. Drink in the movies. I like that. 
remember when we we were first starting we said one of the good parts of a movie is uh the juice test right is that what it was that's right we had this uh, the idea juice where boost. like did you yeah the juice the boost. juice boosts the juice boost yeah would yeah. i don't think this i don't think a bo- a juice would boost me for this though no i don't think most things you can't really boost through this movie so they say drinking no. in the movies White noise is a genre-shifting, idiosyncratic rift on something that's hung over all our heads, and now, like the characters in the movies, we have to either live with it, die, or to forget about it. 84 out of 100. All right, so this guy uses our real ranking method. I like it. Or person. Um, Love that. I like that their sort of ultimatum here is we either have to live with it or die. Or just try and forget about it. I think they're trying to play on the movie there. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's okay. what that's what you have to do with, with death. You either live with the fact that you're going to live you with die. death, you die, or you just fucking forget about the fact that you're going to die one day. Hmm. Move on. Yeah. This next one, the Seattle Times. DeLillo's novel has long been considered to be unadaptable due to how it succeeded in telling an expansive yet intimate story of postmodern peril. Peril. Wow. Oof. Postmodern peril. Despite this, Bombac has managed to mostly do it justice. Three out of four. <clears throat> that was the last one. So I'd say overall, the critics, they kind of appreciated the fresh, clever, quippy dialogue and owed to the original source material, but kind of felt the charm of Adam Driver and Greta Gerwig's performances couldn't save this wandering pace from a two hour plus film was kind of what they had yeah. to say about it. And and they, they didn't give too. you know what my thing, there's too, too much, uh, too much rhyming going on in these reviews. You know what I mean? They're, they're doing too much here. They like to modern uh, peril. They like alliteration too much. Yeah, alliteration. Like alliteration. Give me less. Yeah. Give me yeah. less. Come on. Just tell me what you feel. Don't get so fancy with it. It's just an easy way to be like, I write for a living. Is it? Because <laughs> they're going to have chat AI bots going to be taking their jobs pretty soon. Um, so let's get into the audience reviews. 32% from the audience. This first one from our guy, uh, Chris H. Also created an account just to give this half a star. The first hour held potential. By the end, I was wishing for my two hours back. 0.5 stars and i kind of like this i think review. um I, I i think the reason people might feel like that and like why i understand that where they're coming from is that like like it doesn't feel like the same movie by the end you know or like even halfway through no it's it, three it, it's three different it's, movies yeah it's messy Three different movies. There's like five arcs in it. It's in. It's crazy. And there might be. There is. I think the bones of a potentially like really thought provoking movie here, but it kind of gets lost in itself. Yeah, it does. And I kind of appreciated this person's review because uh, I feel like you could say kind of like what you said. There's three different movies in one here, so you could say that. So this person didn't really like. You said that. Oh, I said that. But this person said they didn't really like the <laughs> second two hours of the movie and really like the first. I would say I didn't really like the first hour of the movie and appreciated the second hour of the movie. 
So I think it's really? just sort of okay. however you take it. Yeah, I kind of liked the second I really hour. liked the first hour of the movie. Okay. Sorry. See, I found it really, really like the second hour more than the first hour. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I found it. I was so into the dialogue. I was like, oh, I'm loving this. Everybody's just talking and talking. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where are we going? I was just sort of, that's, that's where my mind was at. Because I, I can, thought I something. That. I can understand that not knowing what the movie was about i thought something was going to be happening with the wife and it just it felt like there were there were a lot of well eventually but it felt like there were a lot of misdirections happening in this movie where they'd be like look over here this is funny this is this is important but it's not really important like why do you have to be a hitler studies i mean the movie could have the movie could have easily gone like another direction in them being forced to like forced out of their life of comfort and to like deal with whatever their personal traumas are. Like, why am I a Hitler studies professor? Like, why did I attach myself to the subject? There could have been something interesting there, you know, or like, why does the wife, the wife is like, I love it here. I wish it'll never end. So she's forced with that ending, you know, but, um, yeah, it takes a completely different direction, which I, I'm okay with. I enjoyed where it went. This next one here from Denna. This was nonsense for the sake of nonsense. There is no meaning. There is no purpose. You will be left angry and wishing for two hours back. The description is brilliant comedy, and at no point is there humor. It attempts to pass as artsy and thoughtful, but there is nothing of substance here. Anyone who says they like it or refer to the book are simply being pretentious and pretending like they know art more than you do. Don't fall for it. It should have stayed a book. 0.5 stars. (laughs) That way, I would have never read it. (laughs) Yeah. I like the line here. This was nonsense for the sake of not for the sake of nonsense. Like, does does this person know what white noise is? Like, that's literally what white white noise is just noise for also, the sake of noise nonsense yeah yeah, also, yeah that's yeah, the we're... yeah oh my god they were so close they were so they close were so close they just couldn't get it but i do agree also when they say like uh but when they're saying that there's no humor in there i'm like yeah. i laughed out loud in the first like 30 40 seconds of this movie with don Cheadle. There, yeah you know there there were some some funny moments but like i said if you're someone that like if you're maybe not as in tune or hip to social events maybe you don't read books very often um you you may not find this movie very funny because it might just go right over your head which is fine and that's okay um i think that i would also agree with this person when they say people who like really push to say oh you wouldn't you just don't get this movie or uh you should read the book the book really get like shut up you don't actually think this is a great I mean, movie. but they clearly didn't get this movie. This person? No. They didn't. This person clearly didn't they no. did not understand this movie. No, but yeah. people who are like, oh, like woo, woo, woo. come on. But yeah, don't like rub it in their face. Like, don't yeah. be a fucking asshole about it. Just say like, oh, okay, the movie wasn't for you, you know? Yeah. Movie's not for you. Whatever. It's as easy as that. There's yeah. Yeah. idiot. <laughs> I mean, I, I I understand where she's coming from, you know, like if I watched if it, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm having trouble like putting into words how I can relate to this person because I think that at the very end of it, they're just kind of dumb. I disagree. I just don't think that this movie's for them. That's all. 
And and okay. it's also, I think, one of those movies where if you're not paying attention to it, like if you're on your phone a little bit during it. Oh, you're going to you, miss it. Yeah, you're going to. Yeah, it's just it's not a movie you can re-engage with. I would say like I found myself when I also had to watch this in parts because there I began like picking up my phone because I got bored watching it and then I would mm-hmm. try and go back to the movie and I just couldn't reconnect with the movie at all so I was like all right I'm gonna take a break and then I'll come back to this yeah I, I took I did the same thing I was like I had to take a break um and I think that's understandable you know like that makes sense to me I, I I just struggle with when they're like it's when they said like it should have stayed a book like that's it says a lot about a person to me <laughs> already or when you start calling things like being pretentious pretending like they know art more than you do like okay so somebody made you feel bad at some point about not knowing a lot about art and that sucks but, or like it's as simple as you never liked art this movie's not for you or you like different kinds of art that this movie is not for you. True. Because there yeah. are people You're that, right. There you go. That's that's much better. There are a lot of people in the world that pretend because why not? You want yeah. to pretend that you're smarter. You want to pretend that you know more about art than other people. But you don't. And that's okay. You just have different we, interpretations. We all pretend. Yeah, we all pretend. Look at me. I'm mm-hmm. pretending. That I know what I'm talking about. I don't. I have no yeah. idea what I'm talking about. But you're listening <laughs> to me right now. Yeah, spoiler cool. alert. We don't know what we're talking about. Neither do the critics. Um, this last one here from Tom. Exactly. Oddly, and, and this one is pretty spot on for me, this, this review. I'll just preface it. Oddly interesting. I like both Adam Driver and Greta Gerwig. They were excellent casting choices for the lead roles. The story was pretty weird, though. It was a cross between very cerebral, philosophical, and quite silly material. I don't think I ever figured out what it was all about. And I very much agree. Because I don't think I ever figured out what this movie was about. Because the movie was focusing on 50 different things. (laughs) Well, I think also, I think also it's like, whatever you get out of it, you know, like, that's true. How does what do you get out of this movie? Um, so it's not like it has a definitive answer. This is what it's about. I mean, it kind of does, but how the thing about art is that like you, you extrapolate what you need and what you see in it for yourself. So I saw there's no right answer here, bro. One point. You, he, it sounds like he liked it. It, it did. Like he, he oh, sorry. Yeah. He gave it four stars. Um, and overall, I think the audience, you know, they found this movie boring, confusing, felt like they were... Well, you didn't... Did you mention that the last two reviews had half stars? Yeah, I did. First two, half stars. This okay. one, four stars. Um, and, and most of the audience reviews were similar to the first two. Um, it, it pretty much... The, the feeling I got from those people is that they were at a comedy show where every joke was only a joke that the comedian found funny that's kind of what the audience felt about this movie okay no they didn't feel like they were in on the joke no no okay and then they were just being yelled at by the comedian who was bombing that they don't get comedy (laughs) yeah that's the worst part yeah yeah that's the worst part then the comedian was like well how about you guys learn about comedy 
why don't you guys figure it out? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we teased uh, the critics and audience. Should we uh, maybe get into our own uh, real ranking here? Absolutely. Let's get into it. Okay. Fine. ranking time where we uh us the real critics rank movies that we've watched from zero to 100 zero being a movie that was probably made but no one ever saw kind of like batgirl on hbo max shout out to hbo max for still releasing the flash and um super what's her name superstar or whatever season two uh but no batgirl good for you guys really really good stuff um, and a hundred being, as we discussed today, Inception. Um, that's all I the Godfather. Oh, right, there were other movies. Yeah, The Godfather, also one hundred. The Departed. Godfather. You come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding. So, with that kind of the that parameter being set, you know, what are you going to give White Noise, John? I think um, I. I I'm going to give this movie, I, I enjoyed this movie. I did enjoy this movie. There was a, a lot that I really, really liked. It was like, the dialogue was poetic and philosophical. It, the movie itself was like weird, beautiful, sometimes hilarious, but ultimately it was like very disjointed, tonally messy. Um, there's a lot that I really liked here. Like I said, like the performances, the dialogue, the cinematography, and it touched on so many like, uh so many you know intellectual concepts and, and and expounded on them but that's pretty difficult to do so it's ultimately bogged down by that and by the pace and and just the sheer length of the movie so um i'm going to give this a 65 out of 100 wow it's my real ranking holy wow man. 65 that's up there yeah yeah, I think it's up there. Um, I disagree with you. I How, found this so? movie exceptionally clever. Unfortunately dull. Uh, the pacing to me felt a bit like wandering in the park. Just, you know, sometimes you're walking one direction and another time there's there's a squirrel on the ground and you chase after it. Um, that sounds movie, fantastic. The movie hit on... <laughs> Every popular trope uh, in the book, not the book that this was based off of, just the, the book of cliches. You know, we hit on big pharma, capitalism, religion, life and death, so much. Every every cliche that you could talk oh, about in a movie. We hit on cliche? every single one of them. So there was so much social commentary in this movie. Um it's so much social commentary in the movie that uh it that wanted to hit us um man i'm struggling to to really say what's on my mind there was so much social commentary the movie wanted to hit on that it was only able to dive as deep as hitting 
the cliche notes. It was very surface level for me. It felt like Mike and Mike in the morning for those that used to listen to Mike and Mike. They just kind of <laughs> spit facts. So just as it would begin to go any deeper, I felt this movie just before it would like really like you would be like, oh, wow, that that was very philosophical. What was just said? The moments about um, Elvis and Hitler, the moments uh, about the superstore or the supermarket, the mo- like those moments, just when you were like, wow, we're going to like actually keep breaking this down. Uh, we're going to keep talking about it. we're going to unpack this and really like let this let this kind of develop into something let it fold into something like you've kind of told us you hit on it like let's let's see what happens now like let's let our characters unfold with this a little bit just as it was about to do that we would jump to the next deep thought um which is i mean some people like that so what would have saved i think white noise is if it was a limited series on netflix so that these characters these storylines this dialogue would get its due justice it would it would be able to like really like when you when you talk about um the a crowd being manipulated um and then you about hitler and whatever elvis and then you kind of talk about henrik who's kind of manipulating crowds like there was a little bit that like we started to get there and then it's over let's talk about this cloud down like it's just sort of they instead of really letting things go and run in motion and become art I felt like I was being ripped away. I feel I felt like I was at a museum. Wow. And I was looking at something. I like and just as I was about to really understand what was happening, someone grabbed me and ripped me to the next piece of art. I didn't I didn't get it the time that I wanted I just, with each. So I gave I just it a 45. Out of that like the capitalism okay, 45 out of 45. I just disagree that like those are cliches, you know? Like I think those are like the questions that we have that we ask ourselves like that's what humans do that's what makes art is you know asking ourselves about life and death and where does religion fit in all that and you know like the effects that our economic system has on us uh like those are all like yeah that's social commentary and i do agree with you in the sense that like this movie did try to hit on all of those things and as a result like we were like you know rushing back and forth between them i agree with you there but i i like that it you know like tried to bring them up at all and i and i think it was really ambitious in a good way um and i also agree that it it could have been saved if it was longer and more yeah. it needed to be broken longer. broken despite up what, episodic stuff like despite us complaining about how long it was it should have been longer so that things could really like yeah for it to to fully explore those concepts it could it could have been longer i agree these noodles were a little too al dente. That's all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they're ultimately noodles, and they and I'm gonna slurp them up. Uh, but let us know what you guys thought of uh, White Noise. Let us know on our socials at EARC Pod. We're gonna have TikToks, you know, like Instagram and stuff. Catch our episodes wherever you get your podcast. Uh, we haven't quite decided what the next one's on, have we, John? Uh, yeah, we have, man. It's going to be. We have the international hit. No, it's not an international hit, but we are. We're going to be talking Banshees of Anishirin, uh, which is on HBO Max oh, right now. So you yeah. can uh, you can follow us along uh, either on your adventure through the DMs. You can DM us and let us know what you think about Banshees. Or if you have thoughts about it that you want to make the episode, want to make the show, make sure you give us a call. 
That's right. Yeah, if you've already watched Banshees, let us know. You can uh, give us a call at 407-602-8504. And uh, it was a pleasure talking this movie with you today, John. As always. Loved it. Even though, you know, <laughs> our thoughts were a little bit different. You, This is actually, I think, the first time. We disagreed time. today. I think this is one of the first times where you went with the critics and I went closer to the audience. How about that? 2023. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That makes sense. I'm honestly surprised it took this long, but we generally don't disagree too much. <laughs> Except on so, this. <laughs> let us know what you guys thought about the movie. Except on this and 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 on uh that Christopher Nolan movie. Interstellar. I'm forgetting the name it was of it. Not good. Forgetting the name of it right Interstellar now. Interstellar was not good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Tenet. Oh, also ten, bad. No, it was Tenet. It was Tenet. Tenet. That's yeah, right. that was bad. But Inception, that's a hundred. Those are both bad. We agree with those on those, but Inception. Oh, okay. All right. Anyways, I'm Jose here with John Wolf. Thanks for listening. And remember that at the end of the day, the ratings don't really matter because everyone's, everyone's a real critic. A real critic. <laughs>